there is nothing wrong with saying to someone, how are you? (laughs) And actually listening to their response. So if they say, I'm doing fine, how are you? Then say, I'm going to try that again. (sighs) How are you really? How are you really doing? Mm. And invite them to answer without having it to be a prod. Welcome to Rise Leaders Radio. I'm your host, Leanne Mallory. As a leadership coach, I work inside organizations and I focus on helping leaders achieve their whole person potential and meaningfully contribute to their organization's mission. With this podcast, I share leadership best practices, developmental approaches, and stories of exemplary leaders. Hello there. I'm eager to introduce you to Mary Beth Highland, author of Permission to be Human, A Conscious Leader's Guide to Creating a Values-Driven Culture. We've split our conversation into two episodes. The episode you've tuned into today focuses on well-being and mental health at work. We get into how to support an employee's mental health, and we also talk about how to respond when someone inadvertently hurts us. When we get hurt by someone close to us who is experiencing a hard time. Our next conversation will focus on how to operationalize values. And by that, I mean how to integrate values, not just through the employee life cycle, but also through financials, operations, and operational meetings, and so on. It's very pragmatic, which I think is very important. The focus on organizational values often gets stranded in the cultural ethos only to be found on the walls of conference rooms. But first, let me tell you a bit about Mary Beth. I find her courageous and compassionate, wise and practical. She's the founder of Spark Vision, a firm that's committed to partnering with individuals, organizations, and teams who are invested in collaboration between their current and future generations of leaders so that they can bring life to their values and culture, which creates environments where people thrive. She's a certified mediator, mindfulness instructor, and values expert. Mary Beth's recent awards include Circle of Excellence, Innovator of the Year, Top 100 Women, Civic Engagement Leader, and Leading Women. I hope you enjoy this first conversation. As always, you'll find links in the show notes, and I'd love to hear any thoughts that you have on this episode. You can contact me through my website at www.rise-leaders.com forward slash about. Just look for the button that says, get in touch. Enjoy the episode. Mary Beth, I want to start by sharing the first sentence of your book, Permission to be Human, a Conscious Leader's Guide to Creating a Values-Driven Culture. I think there's no better way to give listeners a sense of who you are and the orientation that you come from. Um, Would you be willing to read the first sentence. It's the sentence in the introduction of the book. Yes, I would be honored. All right. So here's how we kick off Permission to be Human. 
This book is a love letter to any fellow humans who have felt like they were the underdogs for deeply caring about people and their well-being at work. I told you before, this was my, you had me at hello moment. (laughs) (laughs) And when I read that, I just relaxed. And I can imagine, or the story that I have is that it took courage for you to start your book off this way. So actually, that's where I want to start. I just want to hear about your orientation to your work and how you found the courage to start a business book, writing a love letter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And, and, and you're right in your thought process. This, this sentence was actually one that I debated. I went back and forth with my editor several times on it. And they kept ensuring me that what I wrote was a great way to open. But I thought, boy, are people going to be turned off right away by referring to a business book as a love letter, as you mentioned, and talking about being the underdog for caring about people at work. And it came about because this process of writing the book was truly feeling like a love letter. It was all of the things that I had wished somebody else could have said to me in my own journey of being able to give myself permission to be human, being able to understand how I can actually have a sense of well-being and therefore support and guide others in that process too. And it was just many, many years of not having anybody feeling very alone. That's the whole underdog part of it. And remembering that that's where it all started was in that place Mm -hmm. within myself and wanting to meet other people who were in a similar place to go on that journey together. Well, I appreciate so much about what you said. First of all, that that was your authentic, true feeling that that was kind of at the core of how you even came to write this book and get into the work um, that you're doing. So huge appreciation for that. And I also want to dig into well-being. So you use the word well-being. I do a good bit of work in the well-being space. And Gallup has a new book out called Well-Being at Work. And so it feels like it's really coming more to the forefront of how businesses and business leaders are thinking about culture and employees. And I'm just curious about how you think about well-being. What what all is included in that term? Yeah, I love that this is becoming a common conversation. This the timing that we're in in the world and how everything has changed. There's nobody who's immune to this idea of needing to have a sense of well-being. So for me, when I think about well-being, I think about several aspects. There might be a slightly different for the workplace, but in general, I think about physical, emotional, mental, spiritual well-being. All Mm -hmm. of those things are what, for me as a human, (laughs) that's what I need every single one of those areas of my life to be in a place of fulfillment instead of being drained in those areas. In the workplace, I think typically people are considering things more like mental, emotional, and physical. They may leave out the spiritual aspect of it, which depends on your workplace, right? There may be some like hours that that's a huge part of our experience here on a regular basis. 
But it's so critical that in the same way that we would go to a doctor and get a cast if we broke our arm, we're going to treat ourselves with the same level of respect and go get support for our mental and emotional and spiritual well-being too, right? There are other experts and folks that are really well-versed in those areas to help us. And so we just don't see a broken arm in the same way that we uh, see a broken sense of inner well-being that you don't necessarily have permission and you don't feel safe to bring up and talk about. So well-being is a is huge. It encompasses quite a bit. And, and I actually, when I think about my own values and the values of my organization, we think about it in this sense of inner harmony. Hmm. Interesting. The spiritual aspect, and you're right, that is a place, a domain that gets left out at work. And I think that if we have a broader definition of spirituality, I actually put it in the domain of like wisdom and purpose, vision, values, that that is a very spiritual ground or a a wisdom orientation. So we don't have to be so hands-off, even with that topic. Um, The other thing I wanted to say, I was just listening to uh, an Adam Grant podcast this weekend, and he was uh, interviewing a, a pro basketball player that was saying the same thing about if you have a physical injury, we know what to do about that. It's very obvious, but the mental health and our emotional well-being is often not that obvious, and we don't know how to talk about it. And actually, that's where I'd like to go next. So the first question, I have two questions about mental health for you. And the first is, I was um, just last week, I was uh, presenting via Zoom to an audience in the UK about well-being and specifically uh, the Be Well, Lead Well Pulse model. And during the question and answer period, one of the CEOs that was at the conference asked a question about how, as the leader of your organization or leader of a team, if you notice someone is having difficulty with their mental health, how do you approach that? And I gave an answer, but then I'm like, was that a good answer? So I'm curious what you would have said. Yes. And then I want to hear what you said. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So I think that this is a very complex question, right? Because so much of it has to do with your relationship with that individual, the level of psychological safety that exists, trust, right? All of those factors aren't like a box checking, like do these three things and then do this, right? It's a short and long-term relationship that involves a lot of investments in each other to feel like it's coming from a place of caring, right? And wanting to help people in their well-being instead of maybe wanting to call them out or stigmatize or make them feel like something's even more wrong um, in those kinds of things. So the first step would be to understand the depth of psychological safety that exists between you and that person, right? So if I don't know somebody and they're acting very different than the little bits I do know about them, that could be a warning sign of there's something bigger going on here. 
Now, if I don't have a relationship with them, I would figure out who does, right? Mm. Who does have trust and psychological safety in those pieces um, to see if there can be a support system there in somebody just checking in. And it doesn't have to be an intervention, right? That's the other thing to keep in mind. I think that that's what people are afraid of, that I'm not qualified, I'm not equipped for an intervention. And so I'm glad that you're using that term because it's scary, it's scary. And it's like, what if I say the wrong thing? And then what happens if, you know, they sue me and all those kinds of things, which is the scary side of this human experience is that people can really internalize things and um, react in extreme ways, especially if they're struggling. However, there is nothing wrong with saying to someone, how are you? (laughs) And actually listening to their response. So if they say, I'm doing fine, how are you? Then say, I'm going to try that again. (sighs) How are you really? How are you really doing? Mm. And invite them to answer without having it to be a prod, right? Well, I've noticed that you've been this and that and the other. If the if that individual after you say again, I you know, I really just want to know how you're doing, and they they don't open up any further, that's another sign that the psychological safety isn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a great opportunity to reevaluate your approach, reevaluate your relationship with them, and you can make bigger statements like, Leanne, I just want to make sure you know that we value well-being and that we offer these types of services, this type of leave, this type of, you know, referrals, whatever it might be that you actually do (laughs) offer in your company. And if you want it to feel even more safe, you could even say, I'm making sure every single one of our employees is aware of these benefits. Yeah, great. I love all of that. And I love the term that you used, investments, in that person or in that relationship, because I do think we all come into the workplace, not as blank slates. We all have histories, whether it's with family or with other workplaces where we may not have been safe. And so that investment may need to be made over and over again. So that person truly feels safe. Um, That was part of my answer to the CEO is like just all the repetitions of showing people that you do care that it is safe so that they um, really feel that and they can lean in if if they need to. Um, The other part of my answer was also that the CEO or the leader of the team shows their own vulnerability. You know, maybe they've had their own struggles or even just saying, I know that this has been tough, particularly, you know, we've all had this common experience of the pandemic and being at home and some being more isolated than others and just creating a a, a common experience of, I know this has been hard. So that piece, also what you said about um, making sure people know that there are mental health resources available. And I've known leaders who actually Um, invested in very specific online mental health resources during the pandemic, partly because of their own experience with mental health issues, whether it was depression or anxiety or whatever, but they moved right into action. So that referring out, just making sure that people know that that's available so that I don't feel like I have to solve that. 
Yeah. And you touched on a really important point that I, I didn't mention before, which is the more you're willing to share of yourself, right? The more willing other people are to share. So even if you say, this is what I've been struggling with, right? Not using it as a dumping ground to like, share all the skeletons in your closet and all of the things you have going on behind the scenes, but rather even something as simple as, and this is my truth, like my family's really been struggling and there's been a lot of mental health issues. There's even been psychotic breaks and it's been really difficult to manage. And I just want to make sure that our team and everyone here knows that you're not alone in those feelings. And I know that our experience isn't the same, but I want you to know that we are all having our own experience when it comes to these aspects of well-being. Yeah. You're illustrating in your answer here, that being human part permission to be human, just showing up as a wet and messy human being that doesn't have it all figured out, I think is really, is really helpful in situations like this. Mary Beth, you, you just mentioned your own family. And I want to, this, my second question really comes from a post that I read that you made on LinkedIn and it was concerning you know, having people that you care about that are struggling with mental health. And sometimes when they are in the midst of that struggle, um, they're not well-resourced and they hurt the people around them, including us. And I think that that's one of the areas that we're not talking about is when you are on the receiving end and you are hurt by someone who's in, in a tough place mentally. How do you recommend that we move forward in addressing that or how do we deal with it? Yeah. Boundaries, boundaries, (laughs) boundaries, boundaries, boundaries are the key to everything, right? Finding freedom through our boundaries. So in my particular personal situation, the, the instance that you read about, the larger story behind it is that it was the most toxic thing I'd ever been on the receiving end of since my father's abuse. So it was one of these experiences. Like I thought that I had gone through that. My father passed away uh, several years ago. And so I thought all that kind of stuff was behind me. And then it was like another person was coming out and re triggering these experiences inside of me and saying just the most awful horrible things that led me to have to get a lot of, I had to invest a lot in my mental health and well-being um, all across the board and all those categories, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, to get to a place of equilibrium again, because it was the kind of thing that was so apparent that it was a psychotic break that I knew I couldn't take it personally in that like, Yes, the things were pointed and clearly were things that were pent up for a long time um, that were finally coming out. But the way in which they came out was not who he is, right, at his core. Hmm. However, that doesn't also give you a get out of jail free card, right? So there's a certain level being on the receiving end of somebody having an extreme break is a very challenging thing. And for better or worse, I've been on the receiving end many times in my life um, from family members and chosen family members. And 
the first thing we have to do is to not take it personally, which is so hard, right? It's <laughs> right. so hard to not take it personally. But then after you can get to a place of just being, you know, being able to reassure yourself of like, this isn't me, you know, they're going through a difficult time, then saying, okay, so what are my boundaries? You know, what do I need? There's a big misconception with boundaries that boundaries are about like controlling other people, but boundaries are actually about creating an environment that is good for you. You know, that's going to take care of your well-being. So in that instance, he was emailing me every day, like six times a day with like psychotic thoughts and saying mean things. And, and so he just blocked his email. Right. So like, what's a, what's a boundary that I can control that has not, I'm not triggering him further, but I can do something so that I don't have to be a dumping ground. Right. And what are the things that I'm going to do to feel like I'm a good person in this experience in that, like, I made sure that I alerted his loved ones of what was going on, Mm. right? So that it wasn't my responsibility if for some reason nobody else knew what was happening between us. I was able to say, okay, well, a boundary for me is that this isn't my thing to figure out, right? But I would bet his wife would want to know, right? I bet that she would want to be a part of this healing process. And that was correct. And so the post you saw me write the other day on Mental Health World Mental Health Day is that that person came back to me and and apologized and took ownership over his behavior. And I think a lot of times, not specifics, but just generally said, you know, I had a psychotic break and and explain some of the relationships he's lost as a result of it. And I, me being one of them and how sad that was for him. And so I was able to honor that and hold space for that and say, like, I really appreciate you reaching out and acknowledging that. And there are things that were said that felt like unresolved issues between us that I'd like for us to be able to explore together should you want to have a relationship. Great. <laughs> I, I, you know, I heard so much in there. And I think the first thing that you said, Mary Beth, was not taking it personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, whether it's a mental health issue or not, when we are on the receiving end of someone's anger, it's often really not about us it's wound up with them in a lot of things, not to take ourselves completely off the hook, but uh, when there's vitriol, where there's, you know, just this extreme anger coming at us, it, that, especially when it feels like unwarranted, like, where did this come from? Not, not to take things personally and to set boundaries. It sounds like another thing that you did was you stepped back a little bit and involved some other people. So yeah, that's that's great counsel. And I um, appreciate that. And again, I think that if any of us are on the receiving end of something like that, um, setting boundaries is a good first step, stepping back and, you know, talking to someone, whether it's, you know, someone that might be able to support that other person or whatever, but th- those sound like some good some good steps. Anything that you want to say about just to kind of close that off? Yeah, I think my bigger sort of point to this is that I think oftentimes we are like, oh, you know, you had that issue, so you don't have to be responsible for 
the way that you impacted other people's lives. And there's a, there's a level of that, right? There's an extent of like, right. Yes, you were not you. And we acknowledge that and we honor that. And there's truth in that. And there's, it is not about trying to figure out what was real and wasn't, what wasn't real, but rather honoring that other people have an experience with it too. And that you are impacting other people. And if you are somebody who was on the sort of explosive side, being the one who erupted on somebody else, having humility in that process and recognizing that, yeah, it's really painful to step back in and say, ooh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm really sorry. Um, but there's layers to it. And to truly be sorry, you, you really have to be willing to sit with what the other person experienced and hold space for that, just the, like they did for you when you were on the other side of it. So I just encourage people to be willing to have conversations that are a lot easier left unsaid. Sure, it would be so easy for me to be like, okay, great, let's go back to how things were. But I would be losing a part of myself if I did that and I gave an invitation for what it means to have a healthy relationship for me. And if they don't want to accept that invitation, that's fine. It's once again, it's not personal. That's what they're living. That's their life. They get to make those choices and I can hold my boundary. Well, and there's such a feeling of that just feels so clean to address it so that it's not under the table. It doesn't erupt and come out of the blue later because it wasn't dealt with. I'm thinking about even uh, Brene Brown's, I think she says, clear is kind. Yes. You know, and it's not just kind to the other person, it's kind to ourselves as well. Like being yeah. really clear, leaving it clean, cleaning up whatever mess that we can clean up and doing what we can do. And then we can't control the whole situation. Yeah. And if I could just add one more piece, I would say that, you don't have to have a psychotic break for this to be, you know, the experience, right? Stress, just regular stress and anxiety can lead us to places of showing up out of alignment, showing up in a way that's not our best selves, saying things, acting ways that we really don't mean, um, or maybe are not even aware of how it's impacting other people. And I had this experience with a client recently who we'd always been in super aligned with each other. It was so out of character for him. But what was so cool and so beautiful for me and really empowering, and I encourage other to use this, others to use this language if it resonates, is that I let him know that what he said didn't land well with me and that I'd like for us to discuss it the next time we had a call, which we had in the books for a couple of days later, because I didn't want to going back and forth in emails, never a good idea when it comes to having heavy emotions and interpreting, right? You make these false interpretations of what people think or where it's coming from or their tone of voice. So as soon as we got on the line, I was so impressed. He said to me, before we get any further, I want to understand how my communication made you feel because I'm invested in your feelings and I want to be aware so that we can really be on the same page together before we move on to anything else. And it was just like, whoa, how amazing. That was amazing. It was, it was like, what if everybody did this? 
and they meant it, right? Don't say it if you don't mean it. But if you really, and, and that's something I've been saying to people quite a bit recently is, you know, if I've inadvertently done or said anything mm. that would be helpful for us to talk through, please let me know. I would really love to have that conversation with you if you're totally unaware, right? But then on the other side, if you know that something you sent in an email or something you said in a meeting like triggered somebody or created something, to just be able to follow up and say, I feel as though I impacted your well-being and I really care about your well-being. So I'd love to know what that impact was and how we can get them in a better place. Yeah. To wrap this section up, there's something that you said that also reminded me that when we're, I guess it was as you were preparing for the call with your client, that we don't go into accusations. You were mean, you were hurtful, you were whatever, but own our own feelings around that. So when you said X, I interpret it this way and it hurt my feelings, or I felt like it was out of alignment with what we had agreed to before or something, but that we own our own experience during the exchange. Instead of making the other person wrong, we own it. And as you said, if there's something that I've done that caused something here, I want to know. And on the flip side, I wanted to let you know when you said X or your voice got loud here, that this was the impact that it had on me. Yes. And what a gift that is. Right. Gift to give that to each other. We think we're being kinder by tiptoeing around it or coming up with some big story. But really, like you said earlier, clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. So Mary Beth, we spoke at the beginning of this um, call, and I think that we're going to separate our conversation into two parts. One, the part that we just spoke about, and then in the next episode, we'll talk about the operationalization of values within an organization. So we're going to do that, but before we leave this particular episode, I want you to talk about what you're doing, how people can find out more about you, where to look for you, et cetera. So can you give us some website, if you have courses coming up, anything like that? Awesome. Do you want me to just say it or? Yeah. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. So if anybody is, feels like this resonates with them, as Leanne mentioned, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I would love to be connected with you on LinkedIn. And then of course, if you want to check out the book, You can find it on Amazon or any major retailers for Permission to be Human, The Conscious Leader's Guide to Creating a Values-Driven Culture. And if you want to check out what we have going on, we constantly have offerings for the community as well as organizations. So you can see everything we have coming up at sparkvisionnow.com. Great. And I will put all of those links in the show notes as well as some of the other things that that we've mentioned. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before we sign off from this episode, here's a quick reminder that Mary Beth and I will be following up with how to operationalize corporate values in part two of this conversation. As always, you can find links to several of the topics we talked about today in the show notes. And remember to be well and elevate your part of the world. Mm